Hey, everybody, this is I Didn't Sign Up For This, a podcast about student ministry and a podcast about conversations that help us as youth pastors and leaders take our ministries further and go deeper. I'm here with my friend, Nathan. Nathan, what is going on, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. How are we doing? I'm good. I'm good. Here in February in Georgia, it is sunny. We have had days and weeks of rain. And so it's so nice to be sitting here uh, in this space and looking out the window and seeing sunshine. The sun is back. That's right. Uh, before we get started with today's podcast, we just want to mention our sponsor, Augusta Kids and Company. We want to thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Yeah, if you're looking for a great daycare in the CSRA area, we'd love to recommend you check them out. Augusta Kids and Company in particular want to let you know that they are starting registrations now for summertime day camps. And so if you're looking for somewhere to send your child, whether they be um, fifth grade all the way down to a newborn, um, six weeks old, you can send them, uh, you can register them. Um, at AUGKids.com. Cool. Thanks to them for their help in getting this off the ground. Nathan, we are a podcast uh, called I Didn't Sign Up For This. And so it is more than appropriate at this time to share our I Didn't Sign Up For This moment. We know that as youth pastors, we have moments through the week and through the month where we get to participate in things that we did not sign up for. And so I'm going to kick it off. That's okay. Let's do it. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you mine. Uh, uh, th- this past week, getting ready for student ministry on Sunday nights, uh, we had a game called banana drop. And, uh, in this game, students dropped bananas off of the balcony in our gym, off the walking track into trash cans that were held up above other students' heads. And so obviously, we're a, we're a medium to large size ministry and we had uh, a lot of students playing. And so that meant that I had to buy a lot of bananas. And so <laughs> after church on Sunday, I went to Kroger and I had a whole shopping cart full of bananas. Uh, and as I got to the checkout counter, the, the, the young lady who was checking me out said, uh, you must really like bananas. And rather than get into the whole conversation about like, I'm a youth pastor and we play games, it was just easier to say yes. And so she she just saw this crazy guy with a whole cart full of bananas who he, he really likes bananas. So, yep, I didn't sign up for having a grocery cart full of bananas. That is. What about you? What's your, what's your, I didn't sign up for this moment. That's really funny. I imagine what she is thinking, what you were doing with all those bananas. Like yeah. you making a bunch of. Pies. I, I mean, what do you do with shaman crop full of bananas? Yeah, uh, we won't, we won't even go into what you might have been thinking. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, um, for me, uh, I know we, this has kind of been kind of a, a fun, funny, but for me, it's a little serious this month. Um, you know, since we, since we spoke last month and did the podcast, uh, I had a situation where I had two of my students end up, um, attempting suicide. Um, and so it's caused me to kind of go into a, a mental health role, like a, pro, like a professional counselor or therapist and, um, one for the girls, also for the other students in the group and their leaders, and then also for their parents. And, you know, I didn't sign up for, um, that, I mean, there are people that this is what they do for a living and for a profession. And I'm so, so grateful for them. Uh, but it was one of those moments where I kind of felt out of my depth, you know, I'm, 
I didn't sign up for this. I, I can I, I preach Jesus and I, I can be there for you and help. But I'm going to tell you, I felt very, very out of my element and um, out of my depth. I called all the professional counselors I know for advice and wisdom. And uh, we ended up actually calling in and having calling in a favor and having a professional counselor come and sit in uh, with that group for the next couple of months just to kind of be with them. But you know, it was one of those moments that, you know, hey, I didn't sign up for this, but, you know, I've got to, I got to do what's best for my students and got to do what I can to help them, um, you know, help them get better, help them get back to life and help them thrive. Yeah. You know, I know that, you know, this is kind of a, a fun segment, fun moment in the podcast, but the reality is, is that you're not the only one, you're not the only person in student ministry who, who's experiencing these things. And in fact, you know, probably even more so uh, because of, of what COVID has done to, to the mental health and our students and our teenagers. Uh, And so, you know, thanks Nathan for sharing that. Um, And, and we hope, and we know that there are folks out there who are going through the very same thing, who, who are thinking to themselves, as they said at the desk on, on Monday mornings, man, I didn't, I didn't sign up for this, but you, you listener, you uh, youth pastor, you volunteer, youth leader, you are God's answer for a lot of these students. And so just be encouraged uh, and know that you're not alone. You're not alone in that fight and you're not alone in that battle and that victory is on the horizon. And so uh, just stay the course, stay the course. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. All right. So today's Today's episode is about finding your fit, uh, finding your fit. One of the things that a lot of youth pastors struggle with, Nathan, is is finding their fit. I think many people tend to think that they need to do all the jobs and they need to have all the responsibilities and and they need to take on all these things because it's, it's their job, right? You, you are the snack supper coordinator and you are the volunteer recruiter and you are the speaker and you are the worship leader and you are all these things. But then what ends up happening is that we do a lot of things okay or even less than okay and then we don't really do anything great. Yep. So tell us a little bit about, about this, uh, about finding your fit. We do these, we do this podcast in, in three different segments, the, the grind, the grow and the go. So the grind is, is kind of the, the prep work that it takes to, to get our mind around this concept of finding your fit. So in the grind, uh, tell us a little bit about finding your fit. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, initially when we talk about the grind part of this, where these is, this is the, the, you're doing the hard work. You're doing the work ahead of time before you see the fruit. Um, I'm going to tell you when it comes to finding your fit, it's got to start with self assessment. Um, I heard this first, um, John Maxwell, but uh, the quote is actually attributed to Bill George. It says the hardest person to lead is yourself. Mm. Yeah. So what does that look like? How do you lead yourself? Well, I'll tell you, you know, it start, you know, generically, it's, it's learning about yourself, learning what makes you tick, um, how you think, why you think the way you think. Um, I can tell you, if you're a leader, there's likely reasons in your history, in your past that led you to be in the situation that you're in. Um, I read a book actually with our staff a few years ago called Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership by Ruth Haley Barton. In it, she talks about something called a saltwater crocodile. Okay. And she tells this story about how they were out at the ocean and there was a wave and you saw the saltwater crocodile. And it's this thing that's just under the surface. And the way she describes it is the exact 
thing that pushed you to be the leader you are today is your saltwater crocodile. Hmm. It is what's underneath the surface that's ready and waiting to kill your leadership. Um, and so some of you are going, I don't understand what you're talking about. So for me, my father left when I was two years old. So I grew up not knowing who my dad was and crying myself to sleep every father's day and all that kind of stuff. Well, I remember there was a moment in my life where I made the decision and said, you know what? I'm going to live a life that he's going to regret not knowing me and not wanting to be a part of my life because he had custody. Mm -hmm. He just didn't want to be a part of my life. It wasn't a priority for him. Well, you know what? That drive made me an incredible student, made me really good at sports, made me, it was the drive that made me the leader I am. Um, well, you get to be into ministry and all of a sudden you realize that drive can be the very drive that kills you. Mm. Um, it's that, you know, you, you do things for the wrong reasons, the wrong motives. You know, I shouldn't be focusing on my dad. That dick, that's, that can dictate different things and cause you to do things that aren't biblical or aren't, um, you know, the way it should be done. And so I had to train, I had to kill that saltwater crocodile. I had to identify it and then I had to kill it and I had to put my faith and go, Hey, why am I doing this? Not to, you know, so my dad will regret, but actually for Jesus, for God. So I'm doing it unto the Lord the way I should be. Um, and so whatever it is for you, you can have a saltwater crocodile in your life. That's a good thing that motivated you, but it's that same good thing is what can, what can kill you. And it starts by identifying. It starts by looking at yourself and saying, and really honestly assessing who you are. Mm, that's good. That's really good. So, um, what about that is difficult though? Like what, what keeps us from, from realizing that? What, what keeps us from realizing, uh, or being self-aware enough of our saltwater crocodiles or our motivators? What, what's hard about that for us? Yeah. I mean, you know, to go back, I mean, John Maxwell's absolutely right. Bill George is absolutely right. The hardest person to lead is yourself. And, you know, it's a whole lot easier to lead people outside of yourself. It's a whole lot easier to say, Hey, this is what you should do in your life. I mean, there's even a scripture that says, you know, we love to point out the speck in somebody else's eye while there's literally a plank in our own. So even scripture points out that we love to point out flaws in everybody else, but we do not like to look in the mirror. And, and some of the reasons why it's, it's, it's awkward, you know, it can also be very self deprecating to look inside of yourself. It makes you feel like, like you're a failure or less than, or maybe, you know, especially if you step into leadership, I can tell you there are moments when I feel like a fraud, like, you know, if they knew the real me, mm. Or like they knew, you know, what my saltwater crocodile was. They wouldn't want me in leadership. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so it causes you to kind of downward spiral. And so it can be really um, a really difficult thing to do. Yeah. So knowing that it's difficult, man, give us some pro tips. Like give us some things that are helpful for us. If we want to to take a step into our leadership, a, a next step into our leadership, uh, we want to become more self-aware. We want to do some self-assessment to know uh, how we can find our fit better. Uh, what are some things that we can do? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, starting with prayer and, and solitude and all that and self um evaluating is good but you know if you've never done this before you don't really know where to start that can that can sound very daunting and can yeah. be very difficult um you know i read a book you know once i read that one book by ruth Haley barton i was like oh i want to know more and right. so she wrote a book invitation to silence and solitude which is another really good book but if you've never done that the idea of just sitting you know if you just sit in silence for 
20 seconds. It sounds like it feels like five minutes. And so the idea of doing that soul searching can be really difficult. So some great ways to start, you know, there are a bunch of assessments out there. These are psychological assessments that help you learn who you are and some things about yourself. Um, and there's some that are really popular today. The Enneagram. Super um, popular. It seems like every conference that I listen to, people are talking about their Enneagram and their Enneagram number. Nathan, what is your Enneagram number? I'm an Enneagram eight. I'm a strong uh-huh. Enneagram eight, the challenger. Yep. Um, and I'm an eight wing nine. What about you? I am a three and I am the achiever. Yep. Uh, but you can see that. Yep. I bet you can see that. Yep. It's, it's, it's funny when you read your profile. You're like, oh my gosh, that's so right. Oh my gosh, that's so right. Oh my gosh, that's really right about how wrong I am all the time. (laughs) Like it's, it makes a lot of sense once you, once you submit to it, like once you're honest and in the assessment to get to your number, like that and then everything. But then also as a leader, not only are you more familiar with yourself and about your tendencies and about your flaws and your blind spots, but then as you build out your team, as you build out your volunteers, and you and you encourage them to take that kind of assessment, Enneagram or, or a number of the other ones you're going to mention. It allows you to lead them better because Absolutely. you're going to find their fits too, Absolutely. and help them find their fit uh, and according to what they're good at, what they're not good at, what their tendencies are, and so yep. on and so forth. Well, like you said, the Enneagram is great. I've loved. It. I've kind of found myself being like a like an Enneagram researcher, like anything I can get my hands on to help me understand that better. Uh, But there's also ones like the Myers-Briggs is one that's been pretty popular. Mm -hmm. Um, There are also strength finders to help you figure out what you're good at, what you're not good at. Um, And there's actually a new one out. I don't even know if you've heard of this. It's called The Working Genius by Patrick Lencioni. Mm -hmm. Um, And he talks about the different, in particular with work and a job, the different geniuses that are out there. Have you taken that assessment? No, done that? no, I'm not. So I found out I am an initiator, really good at taking an innovator, not an, it's an innovator. I don't love to dream up the initial idea, but if you've got an idea, I can make it better. Yeah. Um, and I'm also a galvanizer. And so I can get a team and get them moving in the right direction and get the ball moving. Um, but again, these are just ways for you to begin to identify who you are, you know, but I want to encourage you to, these are not boxes that you fit into perfectly. They are intended for you to be able to evaluate and go, yep, that's me or nope, that's not. Um, So really when you take these assessments, you know, begin to go, yeah, I really see that in myself or go, Hey, I'm not really sure. Um, it's crazy, crazy with the working genius. It actually, if my wife took it and she had to ask around and get some feedback on what her secondary genius was, mm-hmm. um, because the assessment gave her two different options that you have to figure out for yourself. So I would encourage you to do that too. If you're listening, if you're going to take these assessments, understand that it's not a perfect fit. Yeah. You know, you're not, you know, a box. You're, there's a lot more that goes into you. And so under, you know, look at it with a critical eye. What is it that is you and what is it that's not? And then the other thing I'll say is, you know, like we talked about why it's so difficult is you can kind of very quickly downward spiral into some negative thinking and really feel like you're a failure or fraud. Focus on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. If you're like, Hey, I will need to get better. Focus on one thing. Don't overthink it. Don't get overwhelmed. Pick one thing and work on that. Got it. And, and you know, kind of just to wrap up, um, these things, they help you find your strengths and your weaknesses. And then once you find your strengths and weaknesses, you need to consider 
like, are you able to find some other people who are able to, uh, you know, identify your strengths and weaknesses, but then you can identify some of their strengths and weaknesses. And I think we're going to get into some of this, but, um, but, but find people that you trust to give you feedback, yep. right. To help you be even more self-aware, uh, to, to share with you people that you trust, um, your peers, your, you know, if you're on a staff, other staff members, if, if, you know, if you have got a, a pastor or you've got, a um, um, somebody you report to to help you kind of uh, mentor you through that. So that was the grind talking about uh, how, how we're going to grind and, and kind of the framework we need to set up before we get to the grow. So when we're, when we're, when we're growing, when we're trying to live into this, what are some things that we've got to do like practical things? Yeah. So one of the things, especially as a, as a student pastor, you probably have a team of either staff or volunteers. When you begin to know what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are, it's really important to build a team around you. Um, and basically what we say is staff your weaknesses. Um, and this is where you just put people around you that are good at things that you're not good at. And it's important to remember these can be staff or volunteers. We say staff your weaknesses, but it's really just staff your team or, or pick people on your team that you know, fill your weaknesses. I can tell you one of the things for me, I'm terrible at time management on a Sunday night when we're doing student ministry. If I'm playing basketball with a group of guys, I'm playing. If mm-hmm. I'm talking to a student, I'm all in. So we would always start late. We would always transition late. And then all of a sudden, I'm, my small group leaders aren't having enough time at the end of the night. Right. Um, and so I actually had to have a volunteer that now they're responsible for the flow of the service. And they come and tell me, hey, Nathan, we're starting. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people go, isn't that a hit to your pride? Like, aren't you the youth pastor? Yeah, I, I don't care because they're looking out and doing what's best for the ministry. It's what's best for my students. It's what's best for our ministry. Um, and that only came because I recognize I'm just terrible because I'm all into the conversation of the game that I'm doing at that moment. That's right. And I think a lot of a lot of youth pastors and youth leaders are not great. It's just kind of a stereotype. So it, this is, you know, congratulations if you're the exception to the rule. Right. But I think a lot, a lot of people struggle with uh, the nitty gritty details of budgets and trip planning and, and plan planning. Uh, and so oftentimes it, it, it's just a benefit to us and makes us a better leader when we can ask people who are good at those things to come alongside of us, either, either help teach and train us or, take that on as part of the ministry. And right. so just staffing your staffing, your weaknesses with other people's strengths. Yep. So the next thing I would say is um, we, I call it automation, delegation, elimination. It's just this three-step process where we look at everything we do. Um, automation is basically what can you do that, that automatically happens that requires very little or no input from you. So one of the things I realized about myself is I'm always anxious about the parent email, right? We all get them. A parent's not happy or something happened and they want to talk to. So they send me this really long email. So what would happen is I would freak out and not respond or I would think about how I was going to respond. And it's three days later and I haven't answered. So now I have this automated message. It's a template in my email that just says, thank you so much for bringing this to me. I would love to talk about this in person. When can we get together? Right. I'm so much better in a one-on-one or face-to-face and I can really talk to the person. And so it's an automated email. It's a template that I have and it just gets sent out. Boom. The moment I get that email, 
So I've responded, I've honored them. And it's just, and there are things in your ministry that you can automate that require very little energy. Right. Um, delegation, you know, what can you give away? We've talked about this before. If they can do it 70% as well as you can begin the process of giving it away. Don't just drop it on them, but there's a process. Let them watch you do it. You could do it together and then they do it and you critique or observe. Um, but delegation. So one of the things for me is I, you know, parent, like a weekly parent email. That's a struggle for me. You know, you're seeing a trend. I don't love email, but, um, <laughs> I've delegated that weekly parent email that now I have an assistant that takes that and sends it out. She asked me what needs to be in it. She writes it and sends it. Yep. Um, and then the last one is elimination. What do you need to just get rid of? What are you doing that was tradition or, you know, for whatever reason you're still doing that you don't want to do? You know, for me, when I first got here, they did a lot of screen games and you may love screen games. You may hate screen games. I'm not saying one way or the other but for us it wasn't working and so we kept it for a little while but we had to eliminate it because it just wasn't working for our group so what do you need to eliminate so automation delegation and elimination you know as i I said and our notes are before us this is probably my favorite thing that's on this piece of paper is when to say yes and when to say no this is such a struggle yeah it is such a struggle because we want to say yes to everything. We want to make everybody happy. We want our students to be so involved. We want our volunteers to want to be there every Sunday night. We want to be all in. We want to, and we say yes to a lot of things. Uh, and then we end up, just like I said before, doing a lot of things okay. Yep. And not anything really great. Right. And so, man, listen, only do what only you can do. Right. Right. There are things that only you can do in the life of your ministry. And maybe, maybe your ministry set up where you are the most gifted speaker out of anybody, out of your pool of resources. You might be the person that's best gifted in that area. Well, if that's, if that is what only you can do, well, then it's obvious that you need to put a lot of your time and resource there. But I think, I think that in a lot of cases, you aren't the only one right. who is a talented speaker. And, and that's a tough thing to give away, right? It's a tough thing to trust people with. But man, if, if you can give away a, a couple of Sundays and, and either give yourself rest or allow yourself to catch up on things that you've been putting off because you've been spending all your time getting lessons and getting, getting teachings together and you can, and you can give that away to somebody else because they can do it too. Man, you have just freed up a whole lot of other things that only you can do and now you can get to them. Yep. So. Only do what only you can do. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away. I think that's a Red Hot Chili Pepper song. There you go. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away. <laughs> give it away now. So yeah, only do what you only you can do. When to say yes and when to say no. All right. So uh, the grind, the grow, now the go. So now what? Moving now that we have talked about all of this. Now that we have laid it out in front of us, what are some things that we can implement this week, Nathan? This very week to take some steps in the right direction when it comes to finding our fit. Yeah, I think the first one is, is pretty easy. It goes back to that grind portion of, of find and take an assessment. Uh, 
If you've never done the Enneagram, go look it up. There's a free option for you, or you can go to, I think there's like a $12 version out there, you know, go and and find an assessment or do the Myers-Briggs or do a strength assessment, do an assessment. And then once you take that assessment, begin to evaluate it. That can be a first step for you to really begin to look at yourself and really evaluate who you are, what makes you tick, why you are the way you are. Um, and really begin to become more self-aware. You know, the second thing I would say is, you know, begin to look to categorize your tasks. You know, one of the things I, and I do some student ministry coaching with youth pastors. And one of the first things I have them do is write out a list of every task you do and everything you're responsible for. I'm going to tell you it's bigger than you think. (laughs) You would initially think you're like, Hey, I write sermons. Nope. You're also an event planner and you're a meal. You know, you have to design a meal plan for a weekend. You've got to run a budget. You've got to run volunteers. You're a volunteer recruiter, a volunteer coordinator. There's a, a lot of things. I mean, you're looking at three pages or more if you really sit down and write out everything, you know, and then use a highlighter to categorize them. What are you going to automate? What are you going to delegate? What are you going to eliminate? And what are the things that only you can do? And get somebody to help you do it too. Like if you're having trouble with it, look at your list and say, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to begin. Find somebody that you're close to that you can trust who can come in and say, okay, okay, Aaron, these are things that that I know you're good at. And these are things that only you can do. So you mark them in a certain way. Yep. And here are things that I think you can give away because I know this person, this person, this person, and this person who are gifted in all these areas and they can do it just as good or almost just as good as you can do them. So let's give them away. Right. And then here are the things that we need to say no to. Right. Absolutely. So find somebody to help you. And I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to encourage you here. You're going to have this idea, this thought of, well, I can just do this in my head. I'll just think about it. There's something about putting it on paper, yep. write it down, Write it down, whether it be on paper or in a Word doc, you need to write it down so you can really look at it and use this time to take an honest appraisal. It'll also give you an honest appraisal of your time. Mm -hmm. When you begin to delegate, automate, eliminate, you'd be surprised at how much time it opens up for you. Yeah. The last thing I would tell you to do is schedule time in your week for personal development. It sounds simple, but I can guarantee you it's not easy. You probably are not scheduling time in your week for you to work on you. Yeah. Um, there's a million and one things for you to do and you feel like your work, your to-do list never ends. There's always, you know, for us, you know, saying is Sunday's always coming. The sermon is always coming. The next week is always coming. There's always something you're doing. So for you to build in time for personal development may seem like not that important. But I'm going to, you know, Craig Rochelle says it like this. When the leader gets better, everyone gets better. When you get better, everyone gets better. When you're a better leader, when you're a better preacher, a better pastor, you're a better teacher, a better speaker, when you get better, your whole team, your whole ministry gets better. Make it a priority to build that time into your week. Yeah. You know, I, this has been 10 years ago, but somebody told me that you can only take students and, and I would, I would also put your leaders and your volunteers in that category too, but you can only take people as far as you are. Yep. So if you're not if you're not constantly uh, working on yourself and 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 uh, taking yourself and taking your leadership to the next level, but also growing spiritually, like growing in your faith, growing in your own faith, taking responsibility uh, for your own faith. A lot of times we're we're reading and we're researching and we're writing for Sunday. But how much of that time or how much, how much time do we also need to spend in our own development, in our own development, in our, in our leadership, but also in our own faith? And so those are important. 
those are important things that we need to make sure we have appropriate time for uh, so that we are getting better as leaders, but also as Jesus followers, Absolutely. because you can only take people as far as you are. Yeah. And that, that's a, that's a gut check kind of thing, right? That's a, that's something where we have to be pretty self-aware about how far we are and be willing to take that next step. Everybody has a next step to take. Everybody does. Whether you, whether you, whether you're a youth pastor, a volunteer, a student, you've known Jesus for two weeks, two months, two years, 20 years or 40 years, everybody's got a next step. So Absolutely. we have to take the next step. So uh, this is, this is that we've reached the end of our time together. It's been great. This is a great conversation. Uh, and if you have questions about what we talked about today, or maybe you, uh, maybe there's something that you uh, really are wrestling with, or, uh, you might need, uh, some help with, um, or a topic that you want us to discuss on the podcast. Uh, we would love, we would love, love, love for you to let us know. Um, also, if you found this to be helpful, if you found the content on here, would you, would you leave us a positive review on our podcast page? Uh, we would certainly really appreciate that. Yeah. Or if you want to reach out to us, like you said, uh, a topic you want us to talk about or maybe something you're struggling with or just to, just for some advice or just someone to talk to. Cause I know, you know, ministry can feel like an island sometimes. You just want someone to talk to. Feel free to reach out to us via email at I didn't sign up for this podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on our social media on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for joining us from whenever and wherever you are listening. We, we hope, we really do hope that this has been a conversation that's going to help you grow as a leader and help your ministry go further and go deeper. We'll see you next time.